Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to this episode of the Higher Ed Geek Podcast, episode number 133 with Aiden Berkey from Access Scholarships. So really fascinating conversation to uh, kind of check my knowledge and learn a whole lot more about the wide world of scholarships. Uh, certainly, uh, as I say in this episode, a timely topic as a as a strategy, I think, is the kind of mixed approach to help with college affordability for students can be a more uh, sort of timely uh, intervention for students in addition to a lot of different things. But uh, Aiden has really immersed herself in this work and is trying to be uh, as helpful as she can, kind of building a community, engaging with uh, students, whether they're uh, thinking about college or currently in college, uh, to help make sure that they are getting scholarships to help them uh, afford their uh, higher learning and minimizing debt and all that good stuff. So Aiden was a pleasure to talk to. Uh, so grateful for her time and all that she shared. Just make sure to uh, connect with her and the work that she's doing uh, all in the show notes. So uh, thank you so much for listening to this wonderful episode, number 133, with Aiden Berkey of Access Scholarships. So we are here to talk about uh, what is a uh, very popular topic uh, in my uh, work with students, certainly, is uh, you know figuring out scholarships and uh, certainly broadly a very timely topic. Uh, a lot of conversations happening around uh, college affordability. So I'm uh, really grateful we have some uh, time and space here to uh, talk through it today. So uh, we will start it as we always do. Aiden, if you want to introduce yourself uh, and give a brief overview of your professional journey and how you got to be where you are today. Yeah, of course. And of course, to start out, thank you, Dustin, so much for having me on. Um, it really is a pleasure. And so, yeah, I mean, I think my professional journey is probably a bit shorter than some of than most of the other people that you have on the podcast. I graduated from college in May of 2020, so right smack in the middle of the pandemic. And, you know, I haven't really been in the professional space for all that long, but um Basically, I guess how I got to where I am right now, which is co-founding Access Scholarships, but I'll get into that later, um, is, you know, so I graduated in the middle of the pandemic and I was basically sitting in my bedroom at home, finishing classes, um, still talking to most of my friends through Zoom meetings and FaceTime, mostly just kind of wrapping up the year that way. And being at home during that time really just gave me a lot of opportunity to reflect, you know, I mean, not only was I finishing my college career, but I, you know, for the foreseeable future was finishing my, my career of, in school as a whole, right? And so I was kind of thinking back to, you know, things that I did in high school, things that I did in college, things that I didn't do, things that I should have done to like, that could have made my experience better. Um, and one of those things that I kind of identified as I was, you know, at home, um, not really doing all that much after graduation was just the fact that there were lots of scholarships out there that I could have applied for that, you know, some in some sense or another, I ended up kind of putting to the back burner while I was in high school and college, you know, always saying that I had other more important things to be doing than spending time writing scholarship essays and things like that. And, you know, even when I got to college, I kind of felt like it was really easy to, to push all of the scholarship information kind of out of my brain because I was, you know, focusing on school and extracurriculars and applying for internships and things like that. And I felt like I didn't even know where some of the, the best resources would have been on campus for me to find some, some of those scholarships. And um, so I started doing research on it on 
not just scholarships, but the whole paying for college package, financial aid as a whole. And I kind of realized that um, there were students out there that did make mistakes like me, you know, wishing that they had applied for more scholarships while they had the chance, but also just lots of students out there who are so desperately seeking out those opportunities and really, you know, either can't find the right platforms to search for scholarships or are just having trouble navigating the space when it comes to how to best apply for them. And so I was reading up a ton about it and just doing a lot of research. And then I kind of figured out that there was this, this niche where I could, I could, and I wanted to create a platform that, you know, kind of aggregated all of that information in in one place for students. Um, And then, you know, so within the few months after graduating, that's basically what I did. Um, I created access scholarships and essentially, you know, it's a scholarship search engine. It's a resource platform for students. Um, and I'm really proud of what it's become. And yeah, so I can't wait to tell you more about that. There's sort of a tragic uh, aspect to it. I think for a lot of students, a lot of things like this, uh, uh, you know, in higher ed, or it's just like, if only I knew sooner, but that mm-hmm. it could be just a very compelling uh, origin story, I guess. But um, yeah, and I mean, and I think, it, you know, my understanding is that there are so many opportunities out there for uh, various scholarships and everything. But um, sometimes, yeah, they're just very well-kept secrets or yeah, like you were saying, like Mm -hmm. just not making the time and, you know, trying to, you know, at least make it easy to sort of search for these and all that is certainly uh, admirable, but I know that's sort of uh, kind of, I mean, it's the bulk or sort of the foundation, but you do a lot of other things as well. So yeah, if you want to talk through uh, what access scholarship does kind of for the whole spectrum of uh, different things, because I guess from my understanding, you do try to uh, kind of engage your community a little bit more than just kind of being kind of a static uh, uh, search engine. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, so the main, I guess, um, the main attraction of access scholarships, um, most people would say, is the search engine. And I definitely agree on many different levels because, um, you know, I created access scholarships so that students could, you know, make it as like a one-stop shop, especially when it comes to searching for private scholarships, like scholarships that are offered by private organizations, companies, etc. Um, students can come to access scholarships and use our tool to enter in information about themselves and then, you know, receive personalized results and suggestions on which scholarships might be the best opportunities for them to apply for. Um, but, you know, I really knew from, from the get-go that I wanted to kind of build it to be so much more than that. And I think that, you know, my inspiration for wanting to make it more than that was just from the fact that I had so recently been a student myself. And, you know, I am always on social media, always like scouring the internet, watching videos, et cetera, things like that. So um, my goal was to really create like a community of students where, you know, they can connect with one another, talk about different scholarships, talk about strategy. And um, even beyond that, just kind of talk about college experience and high school experience and you know maybe if you're not going to college what what other opportunities are out there and so that led me to um, in addition to the search engine creating a blog that's also on on the access scholarships website where you know I'm always posting about um, really great scholarships but also um, lots of stories and you know things gathering around either current events related to higher education and things like that or even sometimes resources that I recommend that I think are just great that I used when I was in college or high school. Um, Lots of posts on 
things like standardized test prep and, you know, applying for college and how to be successful in doing that. So the blog has definitely been the place where I am trying to house all of that fun information. And then, yeah, aside from that, you know, there are lots of other features of the website. Um, I I have several pages where I basically like to aggregate resources. So when students come to me and they say, I've been using this really awesome resource. Um, you should add it to your page and, you know, I'll go take a look if it's not one that I'm familiar with. And basically I have like a whole library of resources related to college admissions or test prep or, you know, studying tips, um, everything like that, that I kind of just add there for students to utilize and learn from because there's so much out there. Um, and I would say the the other really large aspect of Access Scholarships is our like social media community. So um, definitely one of the first things that I did, although I was definitely a bit nervous about it, was creating a TikTok account for Access Scholarships. And I mean, surprisingly, I wasn't even on TikTok before, um, before I started Access Scholarships, even though it was already pretty popular at that point. But um, I knew that I wanted to reach the students where they were at, and that was through those short form videos. And so I started making TikToks, posting about different scholarship opportunities and college tips and resources and things like that. And shortly thereafter, I ended up also moving over to Instagram um, to kind of create a combination of both video and you know static content. So it's been definitely a really great opportunity to be able to leverage social media to talk with students um, through DMs. You know, they'll they'll send me emails, and I can also post about like my my weekly office hours. I'll post about um, every once in a while on there and. Students will always sign up for those sessions, which are totally free. So, you know, I've been really lucky in the fact that the scholarship space or just the college space in general is one where students really like can't get enough information. So it's been, you know, a great opportunity to be able to talk with students who are from all over the world, all different areas of everywhere and, you know, learn about their stories and kind of help them throughout their journey. Yeah, that's really great. I think the community aspect is uh, sort of a secret weapon, you know, kind of an X factor mm-hmm. to just sort of like, you know, uh, have that like kind of peer learning, uh, but also like you sort of as a nexus to to kind of pull everything together. But um, people could obviously speak to their own experience where like, oh, yeah, I, I also went through the admissions process to be mm-hmm. an engineering student or something, you know, like they can just kind of have that learning opportunity in addition to uh, sort of your uh, expertise and stuff uh, as well. So um, that's really great to hear and great to see that, you know, uh, yeah, you're like kind of actively uh, working to build that community and engage it with all the uh, the content. Because, yeah, I mean, just with you kind of rattling things off, it's like, yep, yep, yep. <laughs> that's all all important stuff. And certainly, yeah, like you're saying, like a lot of these scholarships require uh, essays. So like, how do you kind of best position yourself, uh, you know, with those sort of things? So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, and part of it's like, okay, well, let's not reinvent the wheel. It's just kind of uh, right. serve up really great stuff that's out there, but then you could also kind of synthesize, you know, uh, everything that you're seeing, um, sort of in the whole space. So I think another really crazy thing just about this time in general, um, that I had honestly underestimated a, a little bit was just the fact that during the pandemic, when basically every high school college student was, you know, not, not in class in person. And, um, most high school students really didn't have such great access to their school counselors or to those resources. Um, It it really helped to kind of pave the way for, you know, allowing me to enter the space in a way that was really impactful and, um, 
you know, by by offering a lot of my own experiences and really kind of using myself as as the example, whether that be things that I did right or things that I did wrong or things that I, like I said, I sh- should have done differently. Um, and connecting with students to be that resource that maybe during a really difficult time where they were struggling both academically and personally um, that they didn't have elsewhere. So that's just, I think, a really kind of cool thing about the community that um, I, I always like love to think about and talk about. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I think that segues uh, a lot of like what I want to talk about next was just like, you know, I think it, it may be kind of objectively apparent to some people, but just like to you, like what else kind of makes this work that you do like so important for students? Because certainly like that, that point you made was, I think, very appropriate. Like in normal times, often high school, college mm-hmm. counselors are, I think, uh, you know, overly inundated with uh, questions and things like that. So, you know, you know, it's not obviously getting any better during you know, the disruptions of uh, the past year plus and everything. So, you know, but obviously this is kind of like the financial piece, the affordability uh, sort of uh, crisis and just issue that is going on, you know, and has been going on for a while in higher ed. So, you know, for what you do, like, what do you feel that, you know, makes it so important for students? Yeah, I mean, so, and first off, you are totally right because (laughs) my comment in the last section definitely really segmented well into this, but, you know, there are like, dozens of articles, statistics, et cetera, out there. And they'll, you know, tell you that, especially during the pandemic, um, navigating the higher education space, whether that's like as a high school student who is, you know, going through the process of applying for college or just, you know, a college or graduate school student who's trying to figure out how to, you know, continuously pay for their education. It's, it's been difficult to say the least. Um, And so I really feel like the work that I've been doing has has been so important and so crucial because, um, you know, students are so overwhelmed with trying to kind of navigate so many different aspects of their lives. Um, and I'm just looking to connect them with these opportunities in a very straightforward way, you know, not trying to make it like confusing or roundabout, just saying, here's an opportunity. Um, if you're eligible, here's how you can apply. Here are my tips on how you can submit the best application. And, you know, aside from that, really just giving students a space where they can come to me to ask questions, to learn. We can like we can and we will and we do learn together. Um, And I think that's more important now than ever, just because, like I said, you know, um, everyone is really overwhelmed with all of the external factors that are kind of happening at the moment. And um, my I feel like my job is to help, you know, communicate the importance of scholarships and you know, learning about the process of paying for college before you actually step on campus and, you know, how you can really maximize your your experience while you're there or wherever you end up going, whether that's like a professional certification or a boot camp and how you can, you know, make those experiences the best that they can be so that, you know, you're getting the most out of it, but also not not leaving college or leaving that, that boot camp in, uh, you know, a really large amount of debt. So (laughs) um, that's, I think, one aspect of it. And, you know, another thing which I, I read a lot, especially during the pandemic was that, you know, these, these reports have kind of spoken about um, how there was a record drop in uh, FAFSA completion, you know, among uh, students who are about to go to college. And so usually, I mean, I, from research that I've read, 
these these drops or these fluctuations in um, students filing for the FAFSA, it's usually like around one or two percent. And you know, as of February 2021, the filings were down by 9.4%, you know, meaning that there's, there, there were so many students out there that um, were just not filing for federal aid. And that was something that, you know, was obviously very alarming to me because um, the FAFSA really is like the key to kind of unlocking all of that federal financial aid, whether it's scholarships and grants or, um, you know, Pell grants or even loans, right? So that's that's definitely something that I've been trying to make a specific push at, which is um, you know, ensuring that that all of the students that I talk to are, you know, knowledgeable of what goes into completing the FAFSA, that they're actually taking the steps to complete it, um, submitting it on time and correctly so that they can get access to as much aid as possible, like right from the get go. And I think that's, you know, one of the keys to um, the paying for college puzzle. And so um, I'm super excited, especially in this upcoming year, to be doing lots of workshops and um, webinars related to the importance of the FAFSA and, you know, guiding students towards resources where they can learn how to fill it out and uh, do it, you know, on time and accurately. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think it, it's like, yeah, just that simple piece uh, is so important and hopefully being able to reach, you know, prospective students and current students in a way that I guess is relevant or palatable or just sort of uh, more engaging. Cause I think, you know, it's not the most fun thing in the world. It's uh, quite the mm-hmm. beast of kind of a process to go through to fill out the FAFSA. And, you know, yeah. some people just might not think it's going to be uh, worth it. But uh, that, yeah, like you said, it unlocks so much. And I think, um, yeah, I think encouraging them there, uh, trying to simplify things, kind of continuing to like follow up and encourage and motivate them. And uh, yeah, I mean, just obviously minimizing debt. And, I, and I'm sure for some people that they just, you know, they would not be able to go and attend and afford college without some form of grants and scholarships mm-hmm. and all these different things. So it's like, you know, they need to make sure that they're like exhausting all of their options uh, for them to even be able to get access and uh, get started and get going and try to persist towards their degree. Cause you know, there's just so many kind of friction points and barriers and hurdles for uh, students. So people like you, obviously like in your own way, mm-hmm. just kind of trying to like, okay, well let's just try to at least like, you know, remedy this part of it and, right. you know, hopefully uh, make that less stressful. Cause I think, you know, for so many people, it is just like, okay, if you've, you know, repeatedly hit friction points, eventually you're just going to give up. Like if you, you know, hit a point mm-hmm. where like you're admitted and like you're excited and you're ready, but then you're seeing like the, you know, the bill and like kind of calculating what's actually going to end up costing you in addition to everything else, like, you know, you need is like school supplies and just other stuff to survive. It might just be like, wow, you know, it might not really like, add up you know like you, know, you can even get to that point like certain people probably just never even apply because they're like oh my god like how am i ever gonna apply you know afford this i'm not even gonna you know yeah, yeah. get started so you know if you could at least be like well you know if you like fill out the FAFSA, then just like look at you know like a lot of what's on here you might kind of understand and uh you know obviously they still need to kind of make a good uh best fit choice of you know the institution and the program mm-hmm. and the modality and all those sort of things but um yeah so obviously a lot of context, but like certainly affordability <laughs> ends up being, I think like just a major barrier that I even I'm thinking too, because I'm done with just like kind of spiraling, like, uh, and I guess just to clarify, cause I'm sure this may be like news to a lot of people. I feel like it'll be news to me, but I'm, I'm, I'm assuming, I guess, from what you're saying, like, because obviously affordability stuff could kind of 
rear its ugly head like in the middle of a student's oh, program yeah. because life factors might change. So like, I guess, correct me if I'm wrong, could a student apply for scholarships even in the middle of their studies? Yeah. So, and, <laughs> and I'm actually really glad that, that you mentioned that because, you know, the, the number of like Instagram DMs or emails I get like weekly uh, from both students and parents, you know, saying, oh, well, either I'm not in high school anymore or my, my child is not in high school anymore. Like, did they, did they miss the window of opportunity to apply for scholarships? And, you know, the answer is absolutely not. Like, you can be like a junior in college, you can be a senior in college, you can be anywhere in your college or um, even graduate school journey and still be eligible to apply for lots of scholarships that are out there, um, both like through private organizations on that level, but also, you know, through your your academic institution, right? So um, there, there are scholarships that you can apply for, like, let's say you're um, entering your junior year and, and you know that you want to study abroad, um, but you're not sure if you can financially make that possible. Um, there are scholarships out there that might be specifically only for students who are entering their junior year that want to study abroad, right? So um, it's not even that there are some scholarships out there, it's that there are a lot of scholarships out there and it's just about, you know, finding them and making them like apparent and, you know, available for students to kind of find and uh, take advantage of, so. Yeah, the other thing that it makes me think of too is like probably try to plan ahead as much as you can. Certainly, you know, mm -hmm. there's life, circumstances that are unpredictable and happen suddenly but yeah like i think that's a very good example is like oh in my you know junior year i would love to study abroad and it's like you know if you know that like that's just an experience that you want and you could you know i guess what i'm getting at is just like you know try to think ahead so you know deadlines so you right. know when to apply like versus like oh like i've got to pay for it tomorrow let me like right. apply for some scholarships or something and it's like you know it's not going to work out because I'm, I'm thinking yeah. like if you know that that's an experience that you want any anything like that you know like as you're uh just generally trying to apply for money you might want to just know like oh okay well you know I'm, I'm sure there's like a seasonality of like oh most scholarships are due like in the summer before the academic year or something, you know, like those sort of things yeah. that you might just want to plan. Like, okay, so if I want this for this time, you know, I want the scholarship for my junior year to do study abroad, I should probably fill it out, you know, sometime in the spring of my sophomore year or something, right. you know, like you kind of just like can create a to-do list for yourself. Cause I, I try to do that just generally with stuff. I'm just like, okay, let me like not have to try to <laughs> mentally remember this deadline. Like I'm just going to like mm -hmm. put it in my calendar for five months from now. I'd be like, Hey, why don't uh, this week you try to like get this thing done? You know, like, and it's yeah. like due at the end of the month. So I have time, even if like, you know, it ends up not being a good time to like at that time. So yeah, I mean, I think that, that that's, yeah, knowing that these are resources available to you, because I think the parallel that hopefully would help people to understand is like you filled out the FAFSA every single year to like get mm -hmm. that money to disperse for you. Like scholarships are the same thing. So like yeah. if you needed a little extra money because like tuition went up or something like th those would still be available. But like I'm reflecting and I, I asked that question because I'm like, I bet you like I, I'm, I'm fairly certain like, you know, I'm not alone in that like. I know I thought that when I was in college of like, mm -hmm. oh, it's too late. I'm already like midstream. I can't like get scholarships right. in the middle of my program or something. So yeah, I'm glad we, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad we yeah. And I mean, I think it's, it's actually funny because I, I, for a while was kind of that, that person too, you know I mean? I, I applied for scholarships my senior year of high school. Um, whereas, you know, now I have students that are coming to me and they're like, I'm a freshman in high school. Like, can I start? And I'm like, absolutely. Like get ahead if you can, you know, start, 
start planning, start, you know, create your Excel sheet where you can keep track of scholarships that you want to apply for and when you can apply for them, um, anything that you can do to get organized. Um, but yeah, I mean, even when I was in college, like, it was, like I said, a combination of, you know, always kind of telling myself that I had other things that were more important somehow, or just, you know, not really making the time to kind of seek out those resources. And also just kind of thinking that maybe there wasn't one that was out there for me to apply for. And, um, you know, I, I prove myself wrong with that every single day, because there are tons of scholarships out there for college students that um, are just waiting to be, you know, explored. Right. Um, well, I guess quickly, like, I don't know, because um, I imagine this might be kind of like a you know, ill-fitted question, but I, I imagine, you know, hired professionals that are working with their students with everything that we've discussed, like, could play a really crucial role here. Um, you know, uh, certainly, like, I'm thinking maybe most naturally, like, advisors, because they're the one that's like, you know, mm -hmm. or a coach uh, at an institution for that student, like, they're trying to encourage and motivate the student to persist and retain and be successful. And like, I kind of was outlining, like, financials and affordability is a huge component of that. So, just from, you know, your own student experience and speaking with a lot of other students, like anything that you would give as advice to other like hired professionals that, uh, yeah, might be connected to this topic. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think, you know, both, I guess, for professionals on, on, in the high school space, like, so school counselors or, you know, other people like that, but also, um, you know, college advisors and other people in the actual higher ed space. I think that, um, a piece of advice that I would give to them is to really just continue to make an effort to meet students where they are, where they where they spend the most time, and um, connect with them in the ways that they will be like most likely to understand the information that you're putting out there and really retain it, and of course act on it. So you know, I guess from I've I've had the opportunity over the last year um, and some months to speak with a lot of high school guidance counselors and you know, talking about, oh, well, you know, which, like, what, what strategies are you, you using to talk to your students about scholarships, you know, and most of them say, oh, like, we have a resource page on our website. And then, of course, my next question is, like, I wonder how, how many of your students know about that resource page, how many of them actually utilize it, um, and things like that. And then, you know, actually, recently, I, I, I spoke to one school counselor in particular, and she actually reached out to me because she's on TikTok. And she posts videos every single day um, specifically to kind of educate not only her students, but other students about scholarship opportunities that are out there. And she reached out because she saw one of my TikToks and she was like, I would love to, you know, go on TikTok live with you and talk with students and answer their questions. And so we did exactly that. And I think that was like a really great way um, to kind of meet meet the students where they spend the most time, which is through social media, um, and you know, it was it was really cool because that was honestly like one of the first times where I felt like I had seen a school counselor really put in that much effort to kind of, like I said, meet the students exactly where they spend their time. Um, and I think outside of social media, like there's still lots of ways to do it, you know, because some higher ed professionals maybe feel like they're a bit removed from like the social media space, but even just like putting on virtual events, um, whether that's like a webinar or, um, you know, posting YouTube videos, because lots of students like spend hours on YouTube. I was one of them for a while, um, but really like speaking their language, like in the sense of, and I'm not even saying like using college student slang or anything, whatever that may be, but just 
putting the information in terms that students will want to, you know, consume more of and react well to and um, really just kind of empathizing with them in their situation of, you know, the importance of paying for college and the fact that, you know, most students, unfortunately, graduate with some debt, but also doing it in a way that's steering them towards the right path. So, yeah, I guess in a really roundabout way, I was just saying, you know, trying to continuously innovate to um, meet the students in the places where they spend the most time. Right. Well, because I think, yeah, I mean, it's the idea that like it's time well spent, however much you give and whatever you do to like just be more proactive, do more outreach and like, mm -hmm. you know, because, uh, yeah, I mean, there could be like more kind of asynchronous or synchronous kind of things that you do, like a kind of a mixed diet of like, yeah, the idea of like, oh, it's a TikTok live. Like, you got to be there. And if not, then yeah. you kind of miss it. Or like, okay, like I publish a bunch of videos, you know, on my profile and whatever uh, social media platform. So it's like, if you wanted to go there and sit and watch all 20 of my like short yeah. clips about like this, that, and the other, like have at it, you know, you can do it at your own yeah. pace. And then I'm, I'm also thinking of like, you know, cause a lot more like, uh, institutions are utilizing things like discord and you know slack mm -hmm. just that you have like a community and it could be like you know that you have that social space with your fellow students in a particular course that you're taking but you can also just like at your advisor to kind of like you know ask a quick mm -hmm. question obviously it's like super mobile friendly and you know a little bit more dynamic but you could also likely like you know schedule a quick call to take place over the phone or over zoom or uh in person and like you have that choice of modalities and like just all of that sort of like more dynamic place where it's like yeah like wherever you are student if you're scrolling on your phone on tiktok or if you actually yeah. do want to like talk to somebody and you want to just do it on you know your phone as well on zoom or if you want to like come into the office uh you know there at your high school or your campus uh you know, your college campus like you can do that so yeah i mean it's all smart stuff there and it's like you know, again, whatever extent of all the any any or all of those things that you do, uh, certainly going to help people to, you know, help these students to make really thoughtful choices about, you know, uh, to like depending on where they are in their journey of like, okay, where do I want to go? What do I want to study? How do I want to do it? And then like, how am I going to pay for all of it? Like, it, it's yeah. all stuff that hopefully like you're thinking about far in advance and that you're always thinking about to an extent of just like, you know. Uh, yeah, like, because I, I know sometimes it is like, okay, the scholarship's only for first year students, the scholarship's only for seniors, or this, you know, mm -hmm. only for people in this particular program. And, you know, uh, sometimes it could be like, you could get it all, you know, all the years that you're studying, uh, as long as you, you know, meet the requirements and stuff. So, um, yeah, and it's the idea, like, you know, because it could even be just like, you're you're making all that content to help nudge people to just like remember to fill out the FAFSA, you know, like so they're just like, right. oh yeah, hey, there's my counselor making a quick TikTok video. So it's like, oh yeah, like you know, the new FAFSA is open, like cool. Um, but uh, yeah, so all all really great advice, and um, I'm curious um, if there's any uh, developments in this space uh, that you are looking forward to, like any things that you're working on, or certainly. I feel like there's still sort of like nebulous talks about things with like simplifying the FAFSA or like mm -hmm. uh, other things when it comes to kind of college affordability or scholarships. But yeah, like what are you excited about? What's keeping you uh, optimistic? Yeah, definitely. And so I think first off with the whole FAFSA and really trying to simplify it, you know, I think um, every year they like make some sort of change to it. And, you know, I'm, I'm still in the process of um, doing all of that research to fully understand and comprehend the uh, magnitude of those changes and how it's going to impact students for this upcoming year, because I'm trying to plan all of these different 
um, you know, webinars and kind of resources that I can send out to students so that when the FAFSA does open, like every student in, in my community is, you know, on it. And like, because ultimately it is a very time sensitive thing, you know, like the earlier you submit your FAFSA, the, the like more likely that it'll be that you'll actually be able to get the aid that you're hoping for. And that's obviously not to say that, like, if you submit it the day after it opens, then you're going to get an insane amount of aid. I just mean that, you know, it's definitely like a first come first serve basis. So if you wait until 10 months after the application is open, then you are not really putting yourself in the best position for success. So, you know, by doing the research now on my end to kind of learn about the changes that, that they're making to the FAFSA in terms of, you know, making it easier for students to fill out and a lot less confusing and, you know, shortcuts here and there and um, all things like that. I'm definitely hoping that that will encourage more students um, to, you know, actually submit it and um, even encourage parents to um, involve students in the process. Like if that's, you know, something that they're doing as a family. Um, and, you know, outside of the FAFSA, I'm, I'm really excited personally for um, a feature that I recently launched on Access Scholarships. And basically it kind of, so we're calling it common scholarships um, with with the, the premise of it, I guess, is that, um, you know, there are tons of scholarship opportunities out there. And um, what I always tell students is that um, you don't need to reinvent the wheel every single time you apply for a scholarship. Like the same way when you were applying for college, like, you probably wrote a few supplemental essays for certain schools. And, and then after you had those essays written, um, it's likely that you, you know, tweak them here and there or kind of, you know, made edits to certain parts of them so that you could then use that one essay um, for a bunch of different applications. And so I thought that that was like a really cool idea and definitely something that could be utilized within the scholarship space. So what I started doing over the summer you know, while students were not in school and it was a little bit quieter was, um, I just started doing research on the scholarships that, that are out there. And I basically started compiling these lists of scholarships that basically ask similar essay questions. So um, what I have now is this page on my website called Common Scholarships, where students can basically search through these bundles, so to speak, of opportunities where, you know, they're mostly open to like larger groups of students. So they're not very segmented by major or, you know, anything like that. Um, for example, most of the scholarships are open to either like all high school students or high school juniors and seniors or all college students. Um, and within each, each bundle, there's, you know, about eight or 10 scholarships in there that all ask a similar essay question. So what students can then do with that information is hopefully write one essay or, you know, one or two essays that kind of answer those questions. And then um, they can mold them and um, kind of recycle them in certain ways to appeal to different scholarships. And um, my goal with that is to, of course, just make the process of applying for scholarships as easy as possible. Um, and, you know, of course, to also maximize their chances of winning. So I'm definitely not advocating students to, you know, take one essay and use the exact same thing for 10 different applications. That's absolutely not what this is, but it's definitely just, you know, kind of encouraging students to use their time wisely. And with that, you know, essays are a really big part of the process. So that's something that I'm super excited about. And, you know, as students go back to school, 
this fall or even, you know, over the next few weeks in August, um, I'm definitely going to start kind of promoting that, that feature more because I think it's really cool. Um, and, you know, I think aside from the scholarship and like, I guess, specifically the financial aid space, I'm definitely interested to see um, how the higher education space as a whole, like, continues to evolve. Um, one thing that I have read, read a lot about recently is just, you know, I feel like there's a lot of back and forth about, you know, like the perceived importance of, you know, obtaining a, a college degree as opposed to, you know, other options like not going to college, but gaining a professional certification or doing a boot camp and things like that. Um, because obviously there, there are certainly differences in the costs that are associated with all of these different, um, like post high school endeavors. Right. And I think that a lot of emphasis in recent years, and I, I feel like I felt it when I was going through the process of applying for college, like I never thought about any other option other than going to like the four-year school that I, that, that I ended up going to. Um, but, you know, I think we're all just kind of teetering back and forth, like with, you know, I feel like some sources are saying, oh, you don't need a certain type of post like of college degree to be successful. And then that information competes with like, oh no, but if you want to have a chance at achieving like at a certain level um, in the career or professional world, then yes, you do. So I'm always reading up on this because I'm definitely interested to kind of see what what happens and what unfolds over the next few years and over the next decade, honestly. Yeah, I mean, those are all interesting uh, developments. I, I do especially think that the common app for scholarships is a very smart move yeah. because, uh, yeah, I mean, it, to me, I'm like, I kind of chuckle in my head. I'm just like, like, yeah, okay. Like, you know, the scholarship is like $1,000, like, you know, that's obviously just a drop in the bucket for a lot of students and just the idea of like, okay, I'm going to like contour all this stuff. Like, you know, part of me is just like, yeah, you're not super special. Like what is somebody's going to like, just <laughs> only apply your scholarship and like, you know, wait with bated breath. You know, it's like right. students need to sort of like scatter shot. And yeah, like it's a lot of people competing for, you know, a fixed mm -hmm. amount of money and they can only give it to so many students every year. And, you know, they, they likely, you know, each student needs to, you know, supplement with several scholarships and stuff. So like, just trying to simplify that process because I think that is even just like only kind of a fraction of the battle if like, you know, because again, I know that there's probably many other platforms, many other websites out there that are just like search engines for scholarships, but it's like, you know, some people again might get intimidated and hit friction points around just like, oh my gosh, I have to write like 50 essays so yeah. that I can like hopefully get, a, you know, some of those uh, that mm -hmm. I actually earn to partially subsidize my you know, education, that sort of thing. And, um, you know, like a full ride scholarship, which I'm sure, you know, it's few and far between is going to be a far more intensive uh, process that will require someone to really put in kind of dedicated and focused effort. But otherwise, you know, it's just a lot of people who want to like, you know, honor the memory of, you know, someone and they, you know, give out a couple of small scholarships each year. And just like, it's like, yeah, I mean, it, it, they're not going to give it out if nobody applies and they should make it as easy right. to apply as possible. And then they can choose from, you know, choose the best person out of a large pool of uh, applicants. So, mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I mean, that's all good stuff. And I think certainly what you're saying too, I'm, I'm sure, you know, it's kind of good on you to be plugged into like what's kind of building and developing around kind of uh, different credentials, how they stacked with each other and how we sort of frame the value of uh, yeah, boot camps and bachelors and all those sort of things. So um, 
you know, we always like to highlight resources. Obviously, we've talked a lot about the resources that you give uh, through uh, access scholarships, but anything else that's maybe just kind of like forming, you know, kind of what you're thinking about or paying attention to like books, blogs, other podcasts, anything they'd like to share? Yeah, definitely. Um, one thing that comes to mind, although it's not a, a book or, or a blog, but um, the Varsity Blues documentary, I mean, I know that it's been out for quite a few months now, but um, watching that, like, from from the lens of someone who like you know works with students on a daily basis and also you know works with school counselors and everything like that that was definitely a really eye-opening um i mean of course like everything that happened with you know the college admission scandal like certainly was already unfolding like kind of before the documentary came out but it was just really really interesting and i think that it it highlighted a lot of like the pressures that you know do get put on students um when it comes to the college process and like feeling like they need to be attending a top 20 school or an Ivy league school in order to kind of see that, that success. And I mean, I know that the varsity blues cases, it was mostly like mediated by, by the parents. And so, but it definitely just got my brain thinking about, you know, the pressures that are put on students as a whole. And I think that it's something um, when you're in the space where you're working directly with students, that it's important to always be thinking about. Um, and I actually, there, there is a blog. It's, it's actually a column um, that I really enjoy reading. It's, it's on this website called Inside Higher Ed. And they have a column that basically just highlights what they call student voices. So um, they, they put out surveys a lot and they conduct a lot of research um, to kind of gain, like, gain more awareness and insight into student sentiment and perspectives on various things like admissions and safety on campus and um, success during COVID and lots of things like that. So I've definitely really enjoyed um, reading that that column, especially um, as a supplement for, you know, talking to students one-on-one through my own conversation. So that's been a really great, great blog resource that I've utilized. Awesome. That's a uh, great uh, resources there. And I, uh, I do need to watch that documentary. So I'll yes, definitely. A, a reminder <laughs> to uh, do that uh, as soon as I can. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, all good stuff. And yeah, Inside Higher Ed, a uh, great resource and great uh, call out for that uh, column there as well. Uh, but we always end the episodes with any kind of final thought or call to action that you want to kind of uh, broadcast out there. So um, yeah, just whatever you'd like to share to uh, end the episode on. I guess for 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 any students out there or parents of students that are out there listening, um, my 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 motto these days is just don't underestimate the importance of you know not not only applying for scholarships but just having the financial aid and paying for college conversations as as early in the process as possible. Um, it really will just put you in you know such such a better position later on when like you are either in the middle of your higher ed experience or you're graduated and you feel like you actually have all of your eggs together and you know you're on like the path to success so I think you know organization and um, preparation is key when it comes to everything with you know paying for college so don't underestimate the importance of of doing that and of course when it comes to scholarships specifically just uh, utilizing all of the resources at your disposal and uh, really taking advantage of everything that there is to offer. Absolutely. Uh, cause I, something that's just sort of swirling in my mind as you were saying, that's like, 
life and college is like hard enough and complex enough and just sort <laughs> yeah. of like, you know, so much to manage. So it's like, if you can just have one less thing to have to worry about, you know, where it's like yeah. you've planned ahead, you've taken care of things. It's not rushed. It's not sort of, uh, you know, uh, causing undue uh, stress and anxiety and everything. So it's just like, you know, hopefully, yeah, like as a student who is pursuing any form of higher education, like ideally, like you'll just be able to focus on your studies, immerse yourself in that learning environment and, you know, get as much out of it as you can. And, mm-hmm. you know, again, like finances is, is often a barrier to being able to have that level of kind of uh, dedication and focus and stuff. So I appreciate you for uh, doing the work that you do to try to help with that and uh, for coming on and sharing all that you did. And, uh, just really uh, appreciate the time. Yeah, definitely. It's been so great talking with you and I'm really glad that I've been able to, you know, kind of chat about all these really important you know, aspects of higher education with you. So it's been great. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Thanks again for listening. And we'll see you in the next episode of the Higher Ed Geek podcast.